the fans who want to keep pounding. The ones who want an inside look at the vault. This is this 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 is views from Street. Now here's your host Lonzo Wrightsell and Rob Brown. The Views from Midstreet podcast continues. Rob Brown, Lonzo Reitzel with you talking Carolina Panther football wherever major podcasts are found to his favor. Share us around with your friends. Make sure that we continue to grow this community so we can keep doing this podcast because, well, we enjoy it, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Matt Rule has resurfaced Lonzo Reitzel and had some comments. He said that he thought that the direction of the team was good. He said he was building a good foundation, and he thought that with more time, he would have been able to grow it into the team that we all kind of wanted it to be. He went on to talk about the J.C. Horns and the Brian Burns and the young guys that are forming the core, uh, the foundation of this squad and basically said, hey, look, if you'd have given me the rest of the year a little bit more time, I would have gotten them there. But it just is what it is. And, you know, we, we decided to go different directions. Um, yeah, Matt, you were there for two and a half years, my guy. And the team didn't look any better this year than it did last year. I mean, yeah, you got some foundational players. I don't disagree with you. But if I walk into the kitchen and there's flour and there's eggs and there's icing and there's whatever else you need to make a cake and I walk into the kitchen and I've got all the premier ingredients to do it. It still doesn't mean I know how to bake the cake. You might give me Gordon Ramsay's damn kitchen and all the ingredients you can need to make the finest cake in the world. I don't know how to bake my guy. It wouldn't matter, right? Like you need to get somebody in there who knows how to bake. And maybe that person isn't the best at going to get the ingredients to make the highest quality cake, but that's where you put other people into the role of grocery shopper in my terribly last second analogy. The point is, I don't know how to bake Matt rule. And unfortunately, and this is not, you know how to bake at the college level. You just didn't know how to bake at the NFL level. I saw the comments from Matt rule Lonzo. And I was just like, all right, dude, like I get it. Every time is the first time he stepped back into the limelight as he starts to work on getting a job. I assume at Nebraska, though, we will find out. Uh, I saw the comments and it just felt to me like that situation where your buddy breaks up with his girlfriend and he comes back to you and he's like, oh, you know what you do? And you're like, dude, shut up. Nobody cares. Right. Like it's over. You got to let it go. You got to move on. I, I feel bad for Matt Rule at some level and that I don't enjoy seeing anybody lose their job. But at the end of the day, my guy, you were out of your depth. It wasn't your world. Go be an excellent college football coach somewhere and just let everybody move on. Well, he was he was he's been making the rounds, but I watched the uh the majority of him being on Good Morning Football on the NFL network. And something else he was saying is that he tried to be something that he isn't and a good NFL football coach. Well, I, you know, I'm just talking about a coach period saying that that COVID got in the way as part of it, because there was no, and, and keep in mind, he, he was there during the whole COVID thing and everyone had to adjust and figure out how to do it, which is pretty difficult for a coach. I'm not making excuses, but it's pretty, pretty difficult for a coach in the beginning of their NFL career. And he said that he had a meeting with Christian McCaffrey and some of the leaders talked to them and changed his attitude. I guess maybe got, he didn't say he got rid of one of us, but maybe he did. 
And then, and this was towards the end of last year. And he said, things changed around and he became just, you know, Matt, the coach again. And, uh, and uh, the, he says that he never lost the locker room. And for the most part, it seems like he might be right about that. Doesn't mean they won games, but you know. Yeah. I mean, listen, I respect that. And, and from what we could tell, we talked about it after the saints win, right? Like it looked like, the players were relatively hype. The, 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 the problem is twofold. Number one, when you create that OOU mentality, right? You're like one of us. Uh, you basically have formed the cool kids table in the cafeteria at a high school, right? Like everybody wants to sit at that table. A lot of you aren't welcome. Not and if you're not welcome, if you if you if you're not welcome at that table, you don't react by going around and talking smack about the quarterback and the linebacker and the running back and the wide receiver and all the cheerleaders at that table because that's a really good way to make sure that you're not welcome in any of the clubs anymore. After that, you're just off with the thespians. Uh, I can say it. I was one. Come at me, bro. That being said. Maybe he did get rid of that. Maybe try to get rid of that. But the damage was done at that point, Matt. The damage was done at that point. That mentality doesn't suddenly go away. Every one of us has seen the coming-of-age teen movie where the quarterback makes fun of the girl next door and then she gets a makeover and it turns out she's hot and then he starts telling all the other football players, hey, you guys need to be less of a three-legged donkey and start being cool to each other, and then the quarterback finds himself on the outs, and now he's got to win over the whole school. Like, we've all seen that movie a million times. Once you have created that mentality, once you've created that atmosphere, it doesn't just go away because you go, oh, my bad, that's on me, I was wrong. Like, that takes some time. But even if that was all true, and even if you had gotten away from the OOU stuff and the, the whole locker room was at your back and, and all of that was true in your little Disney fairy tale world that you created around your time towards the exit of Carolina, uh, the football team was still bad, right? Like the football team, two and a half-ish years into your tenure, was still aiming at a first or second overall draft pick. Now, how many times did we hear Matt Rule's a three-year turnaround guy? You got to give him three years. Give him three years. Give him three years. My dude, you were 75% of the way through that three years, and there was no progress. You missed on multiple quarterbacks. You didn't know how to utilize McCaffrey to open up the rest of your offense. You leaned on him. You got him hurt multiple times. Like Things were going really badly for you. Matt, like really badly for you. And if that's the case, what the hell did you expect was going to happen, dude? Like, how did you see that going? You know, Matt Rule shows back up, and you would think that it would make Steve Wilkes look better. What's Steve Wilkes done? I, I, I mean, it, we're criticizing Matt Rule. What has Steve Wilkes done? He hasn't done anything. And I, I think, uh, I mean, what, has he won one game? He's won two games. He won two games. So, ooh, he won twice as many as Matt Rule this season. Yeah, he still only won two games, and 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 they're three and eight. I uh, I don't know what what Wilkes has done. 
and has Tepper painting himself into a corner because he's going to look bad if he doesn't retain him as coach. Do you think that Steve Wilkes will still be the coach next year? And if so, if so, is it just going to be more of the same? Um. All right. Let me. Let me. Let me. Let me. Let me chew on that for a second. Uh, a couple of things. I don't go back to the beginning of what you said there. First off, yes, Steve Wilkes does not have a winning record as the interim head coach of the Carolina Panthers. Steve Wilkes does, however, have the convenient, depending on how you see it, excuse or reason. I lean reason that he is dealing with the leftovers of the Matt Rule tenure. And while he was given a pretty pretty solid foundation of guys like Brian Burns, and by the way, I got a couple of numbers about him and J.C. Horn I'm going to give you on the way out the door here in just a minute. While he does have a good foundation, the team he inherited is not a team and, and not particularly a good team if we're breaking it down to its finest elements. Um, I don't necessarily hold the struggle against him and if you do have on your tinfoil hat as I do right now and believe that there is some element of effort from upper management from the front office to improve or maintain our top one or two draft position selection then there may be some element of, hey, Steve, again, as I said a few weeks ago in a conspiracy theory I walked away from and now I've walked right back into, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, you're the front runner for the job, but we really want to make sure that you have a full complement of potential quarterbacks on the draft board to select from when our pick comes up. So, you know, <clears throat> why don't you give old Sam Darnold a chance? You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying there? I don't put it on Steve Wilkes. Uh, I think that... The locker room seems to have gelled better under Wilkes in a few games than it did under Rule under a couple of years. It seems to me like you are getting better effort out of this team, right? I mean, look look at the last two games. The win over Atlanta, a team that had beat you two weeks before that. That teammate came out, that team came out and played its ass off to win that game against Atlanta. And then this past weekend at Baltimore. Yeah, the offense struggled a little bit, Lonzo, but it was a fight till the bitter end. A game we lost by 10, and Baltimore didn't really pull away until very deep in the fourth. The effort is there if the execution is not, and there's something to be said for that, in my opinion. All right, so I'll go back to the Cincinnati game. There was no effort there. Um, I, I just I think he's given a pass that he doesn't need to be given because he didn't win in Arizona. There's a reason why he was like, and you could say, well, you know, we have one season. Well, he had the same amount of time that he's given some of his quarterbacks, basically. He had one season. He didn't win. He was gone. I, I'm not giving him a pass. I'm not. Because um, I don't believe that he's got the wink, wink, nudge, nudge. I don't believe that he's uh, been told, hey, man, do your best. I don't believe he was handed – a bad hand. He knows. He knew that team. It isn't like he got got brought in from the outside. Okay, we need you to take over. He was there already coaching. He knew all the players. He knew everything. The only good thing that I've seen him do so far is make this team a running team. But when they can't run, what can they do? Nothing, as we saw last week. I just I, I think he's going to be given a pass, and I don't think he deserves it. I think he could coach better. 
And I don't think he's here next year. And if he is, the Panthers are not going to be any better. We will have to dive into this in more detail in a future episode, which is good news because there's one on Friday, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, indeed. We will be making time to bring you a Thanksgiving edition of the Views from Entry podcast on Friday. I will say this. I do think Arizona gave him a raw deal. I think he got screwed in Arizona, but we will revisit that in a future episode of the pod because we are out of time. I promise them to you. Let me give you two numbers to maintain the little optimism before Friday's show when we break down our contest coming up this weekend against the Denver Broncos. In the entire National Football League right now, Brian Burns has the fifth most quarterback pressures in the entire NFL. There are a couple of guys ahead of him, Judon Parsons, Bosa, and Zedarius Smith, who have more, not by very many. There's something to be said about that. And a number to keep an eye on, how about J.C. Horn? J.C. Horn has allowed a 31.3 passer rating to quarterbacks when targeting wide receivers being covered by J.C. Horn. That, ladies and gentlemen, is the best in the National Football League right now and by a dozen percentage points. That's just a little optimism to carry you through for Friday's show when Lonzo and I will drop our preview pod, Carolina hosting the Denver Broncos on Sunday. Lonzo, any final words for the people? Yes. As the three-legged donkey of the, of this <laughs> of this podcast, I just want to wish the thoroughbred uh, a happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, Rob. Thank you, buddy. And happy Thanksgiving to you. Uh, and of course, happy Thanksgiving to all of you that have made this podcast a part of your weekly routine. We very much appreciate it. We hope you have a very healthy, a very happy, and a very safe Thanksgiving. Eat some salad. It's good for balance. And we will see you all back here on Friday for a celebratory preview edition of the Carolina v. Denver game on the Views from Mint Street podcast. Keep pounding, baby! <laughs> 